think feminism is one of the biggest case studies for branding failures. Entrepreneurs love talking about business. However, it's no secret there's also so many things they love talking about which are not about business. In the Sea of Business podcasts, none of your business is a refreshing break, a surprise kiss, an afternoon fizz. Through Carla Singson's cheeky and radical takes on mundane and principle-heavy topics, you'll gain insights that guarantee you something to talk about on your first Tinder date, while visiting grandma, or if you want to impress your new boss. Big thanks to Proximity Outsourcing for sponsoring this episode. Outsource the most tedious tasks in your business, such as data management, appointment setting, and creatives for less than $12 an hour, fully managed. Visit ProximityOutsourcing.com for more info. Tired of business podcasts? Tune in to None of Your Business. New episodes weekly. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of None of Your Business. Today will be quite a controversial topic. And actually, I had a lot of fun researching this topic. So I really hope that you guys will get a lot of insights. Today, we are going to talk to a passport bro. So um, if you are not familiar (laughs) what a passport bro is, Urban Dictionary defines the term passport bros as they pertain to men who have chosen to seek out foreign women, typically from other countries for relationships. I think this is more focused on like um, American men. They believe that Western women have been influenced by cultural and societal pressures to behave in a certain way and that by seeking out foreign women, they can find a more authentic, fulfilling, and harmonious relationship. Pretty heavy. This is also seen as a way to restore the natural balance between masculine and feminine energy and to avoid the quote-unquote wickedness of (laughs) Western women. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome my friend Steve Didier. Hi, Steve. How are you? How are you doing, Carla? I'm I'm great. How are you doing? I am good. So for I'm super excited to have this conversation. For those who have not heard of Steve, he's the founder of 800.credit, a great credit repair company and host of the Ronin Mindset podcast. He is former military and a longtime entrepreneur with a passion for personal development as it pertains to peak performance and mindset. He is currently traveling the world and makes his residence in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Um, How long have you been living in Vietnam, Steve? You know what? I've only been here about a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was some visa issues. I'm good for 30 days. I was going to stay here for a little while longer. But so this Friday, Uh I'm actually going back to Thailand. I got my visa issues sorted out there so I can stay there for a while. So I'm going to move to an island called Koh Samui. Mm -hmm. And I've got a... Got a little beachfront condo right there. So awesome. for a little bit. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds good. So um yeah, I'm gonna ask you the obvious question. <laughs> What's your story? And uh when did you start be- or identifying as like a passport bro? <laughs> okay, so let, let's 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 clear something up here. Um I I I don't I, I don't know if I really identify as a passport bro per se. 
Right. And the reason I'm going <laughs> to clarify that a little bit, the passport bro kind of movement is uh-huh. kind of recent last two, three, four, five years. Uh-huh. I did not, I was not one of those guys where they're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go overseas and find a good woman because the women here are crap. That wasn't me. I think it's myself and guys like myself that probably initiated the passport bro movement mm. because I just decided to go travel. I was I started being able to make money online and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to go travel for a little bit. I'm going to live abroad and mm. just, you know, check out some other countries, some other cultures and just, you know, having to have had an, an adventure. And so I moved, I drove from Las Vegas where I was living and I Drove down to Playa del Carmen with my dog and a couple suitcases, and I set up shop. I, I didn't know anybody, and I spent time, a lot of time in Mexico. I spent time in Belize. I spent time in Colombia. So I was one of those guys who went overseas and was like, oh, wait a minute. This is different. Mm. You know, so I was kind of the 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 flip flop of the 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 modern day passport bros. I, I think, like I said, I think guys like me are more the originators of that movie because now we came back and we're talking to our friends in the state, like, oh look, no, it's a whole different ball game with the women abroad. They don't have this and they don't have this. And you don't have to deal with this. So I think as more people started to go overseas and that started to become people started to realize that a little bit more and all these cultural changes that have accelerated in the last four to six years in the States, mm-hmm. all those things kind of came together for that perfect storm where guys are just either staying single or getting out. Wow. Interesting. So I would like to note also that I think the mere fact that you kind of cast a wider net, right? You're meeting more people getting out of your country. Um, that always ends up, pretty well because now you have more options and you have more time to think about what you really want in life. Um, I would consider myself kind of similar, right? Like I went out of my country to meet my partner um, and I actually had kind of the same realizations. Uh, There were a lot of parts of my culture in the Philippines uh, that I didn't really, that I didn't, that didn't make me feel attracted to a lot of men there. Um, and, and that's a, that's a story for another time with maybe a passport sis. (laughs) Um, when I was doing my research actually about, about this movement, about this kind of a, a, a subculture, no, um, it seems like the, the emphasis was that, um, uh, Western women or Western women, uh, have been, uh, I have been, I would say accused or, you know, um, a lot of people, a lot of men say that they have kind of uh, are losing their femininity. They're like angry, demanding. Um, What are your opinions on this? Uh, Obviously, I'm just repeating what I found on these YouTube videos. I don't want to make any enemies enemies here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I would argue that Mm -hmm. all of those qualities that you just listed, that you did research and guys are not finding appealing in Western women. Those are not feminine qualities. Mm-hmm. Modern day women, particularly in the West, U.S., Canada, probably most of Western Europe have been bombarded with this radical feminist ideology. 
and they have been told that they need to embrace their masculine side and that femininity is weak and 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 that couldn't be further from the truth feminine right. feminine energy is different from masculine energy but it's certainly not weak it's probably stronger than masculine energy in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but they've been culturally conditioned to view it as weak just as everybody at the same time has been culturally conditioned to look at masculinity as toxic Right. which is complete bullshit. True masculinity is never toxic. It's the exact opposite mm-hmm. of toxic. So people have to realize that, you know, when you look at, at the broader, you look at the macro, the, the, the 30,000 foot view of what's happening in the States, we won't get into the, the, the reasons why right now, mm-hmm. but men have been degraded. Men have been ever told that all of their masculine qualities are toxic that they should be ashamed that and they're trying to just weaken men and and soften them. I mean they started with the 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 um participation trophies no right. first place no we don't want right. we don't want anybody. men are competitive men natural masculine energies are competitive they're aggressive and i don't mean aggressive in a negative sense like going out and beating your wife i'm talking about aggressive in pursuing your goals and competing with other men in finding your purpose and chasing it and providing for your family, that kind of aggressive. And all that is just being called out of men these days. Yeah. So um, I guess in that, in that way, you know, those things happening together, men, uh, the messaging of masculinity being toxic, women feel like they need to protect themselves from that. And so like, they tend to be hypervigilant. I need to do more. I need to, uh, what can I do to protect myself? And how can I be ahead of these men who just want to take from me, right? Like that kind of mindset. It seems like the other correlation that I noticed in 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 these um, in these comments is also the level of education. It seems like more, uh, you know, Western women obviously have a higher level of education. More more girls, you know, finish college and get PhDs and masters. And uh, and along with that, you know, strung along is some of these very strong feminist um, ideals, uh, ideas and ideals, right? Um, And I would be brave to say this out loud. I think feminism is one of the biggest case studies for branding failures. Because remember, feminism used to be a wonderful thing. And a lot of, you know, for suffrage, um, availability of birth control, um, I think that was second wave, right? Availability of birth control. I identified as a feminist. Uh, when I was in college, I wore a T-shirt that says, this is how a feminist looks like, because we wanted to show that feminists can come in different, you know, they're not all just like angry, brow-burning, blue-haired uh, women that don't wax, right? Like, um, yeah. in my opinion, and in my journey, um, it seems like feminism has gotten a bad rap, and a lot of women are now not identifying as feminists um what what is your opinion on that and do you think that the modern feminism ironically became a way for women to lose their femininity yeah 100 percent. the origins like you alluded to the origins of feminism you know right to vote you know equal rights all that kind of stuff that is 100 good that was needed Mm. in society Okay. What feminism has turned into now Uh is something that it's, it's one of the, it's one of the biggest 
cancerous tumors that is infecting Western society right now. It is absolutely horrible and repugnant. And what it has turned into, like you, okay, yeah, the right to go to school and graduate and have work and vote. Right. That's not what feminism now now is. It is a hateful ideology that is targeting men and is destroying families. And it's just, it, it is a cancer in society, 100%. Yeah, and I'm sad because I feel sad because a lot of feminist movements have good intentions and then they actually end up hurting women more. Like, the, you know, for example, the Me Too movement and the Believe Women movement, where you just like believe what women say without due process, um, which is, right. I feel like it's a little insulting to the justice system. And then the Me Too movement, because there's a lot of threats for uh, lawsuits happening, men actually don't feel motivated to hire women. I remember having a male business partner before and we were looking for an assistant. And he told me, try not to hire a woman because uh, every woman in your company is an exposure to a possible lawsuit because of these crazy sexual harassment cases. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, So I, I feel sad like having these uh, experiences myself. Um, uh, okay, so let's let's go back to your experience. What were the top three like most surprising things that you noticed about women overseas? Like what shocked you um, as a stark difference? I think some of the most clear differences between These women in Western, and, and, and I'm going to preface this whole thing by saying that these, I'm speaking in generalities. There are good women in the U.S., right? Just as there, there are bad women overseas. I'm talking generalities, and you know, like I've got two sisters. They're amazing women. Both of them have been married for almost 20 years. They are in it to win it with their families, oh. with their husbands. They, you know, they are amazing women. Period. But they're also a little bit behind this whole radical feminazi crap that's mm. going on now that has turned completely toxic. You know, so when I speak on women in the States, it's a general trend, you know, mm -hmm. and when I speak on women overseas, it's a general trend. So when I started dating women overseas, when I was living in different countries, mm -hmm. one of the things is that the majority of them, they understood the that men and women are different. Right. Than right. the other. Okay. One is not better than the other, but we are different. And those differences should be celebrated, not try to be eliminated because 100% we're different. Anybody who says otherwise is, you know, is, a, is assault on the truth. So right. with that, you know, like for example, and this goes into a, the whole cultural shift that's been happening. But I had a conversation with a young woman here in uh -huh. Vietnam, 24 years old, college educated, speaks three languages. She is employed, makes a good living. She's in management. You know, she's got her shit together. And I was trying to explain to her what is going on. I'm like, no, uh -huh. no, no. Okay, no, no. Men are claiming to be women so they can play women's sports. She's like, why? That's stupid. <laughs> She's like, why would why would women do that? I'm like, no, no, no. Women celebrate this. They're supporting them. She's like, 
She's like, maybe there's a language barrier here, but that doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. You know? so I was like, okay, yeah. oh yeah, and get this. So, and men can get pregnant and nurse babies. She's like, what? I'm like, oh yeah, that's what that's what they're teaching kids in fourth grade. What are you learning in fourth grade? She's like, advanced calculus. <laughs> okay. So it, it is it is something, this whole thing has been done at the you know, the, the university level and it's filtered into the early education system. So to not necessarily groom, that's more of a pedophile term, but to condition mm. men to be weak and women to be masculine and try and go against their natural roles. Sad because a lot of these kids going up almost don't have a chance. This is pounded yeah. into them ideologically from the very beginning. And if they don't have a strong role model in their life, they're going to subscribe to this. It's it's a wicked and toxic ideology. And they're going to subscribe to that because they don't have, this is where the masculine figure comes into play to guide them and say, no, that shit ain't right. Here's is the way life works. You know, yeah. even the ones who have a man in their life, you know, a father figure or uncle or somebody that's there, they be too scared to speak up or speak out. Yeah. And they're weak. Men in the US are weak. weak. Yeah. And it's pathetic. Well, we're gonna get to the men in a little bit. I'm not done bashing on the women yet. <laughs> but you're not you're not done uh, earning your haters. So uh let's keep oh, going. Oh no, no. Oh no, we haven't <laughs> even scratched the surface. We haven't even scratched the surface. I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, there there's a growing passport bro movement. There's a growing movement of guys who just have given up on relationships. They don't mm. want to deal with it. There's mm. There was a certain 35% of men said they were scared to approach women because of stuff like this Me Too bullshit. Mm -hmm. yeah. They were scared to go up and say hi and introduce themselves because they might be seen as harassing them yeah, or sexually assaulting them. You yeah. Know? So everything that's going on in the world right now has got guys scared. It's got women acting like there's there's some statistics out there. When you talk about family, there is no incentive for guys to get married to American women. I'm speaking on American women, but I think it's it's very much the same in Canada, probably worse, and same in Western Europe. But in the U.S. specifically, women initiate over eighty percent of the divorces, and if they're college educated, that number goes over ninety percent. So if women are going to initiate the divorce 90% of the time and the way the justice system is set up, they're going to get the kids almost assuredly. They're going to get alimony. They're going to get child support. They're going to take half your shit. What is the incentive for a guy to bust his ass and try and maintain that family if she's just going to leave anyway? Because social media has all these girls thinking they could just jump and go someplace else, someplace better. So what's the incentive for guys? Yeah. I think the I think the emphasis on family and staying together outside of Western culture um, is really a huge driver of family staying together, right? Uh, I mm -hmm. think in the states it's very common. I I literally know a lot of people personally who are in their late thirties and already have like two or three divorces. And um, and it's kind of sad. And of course, no one's telling you to stay where you're unhappy, you know. Right. But I think there there could still be something done because you 
if you have children, then you're also hurting your children. And um, there's, there's no child will ever tell you that the best thing that ever happened to them is your parents divorcing, right? Even no. if they're unhappy, they, they will say, yeah, it, you, it's better if you guys just divorce. But um, no kid would like want that. Um, in your opinion, what is the incentive for Western women to like act like this? Um, like, aren't they, do, do you think they're not kind of craving a strong, like masculine presence in their lives, especially from a partner? Um, and are they aware? Do you think they're aware of their actions and, and how it affects how they interact with men? I don't think so. I don't think they're aware of it at all. Because if you listen to these interviews with women, they all have standards, right? They want a guy who's six, makes six figures, has six inches, a six pack. They want that. And when you ask six, them, six, 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 you know, <laughs> and you ask them what they bring to the table, they're like, me, I bring me. That's enough. Hmm. Really? Is that enough? <laughs> you know, is is that really enough? Is that you you when you look at the I, I've got a I've got one of the, an app on my phone and it's the uh it's uh it basically if you put in all these statistics, if you ask to a woman like, okay, hey, you want somebody who's between 35 and 45, makes a hundred thousand dollars a year, is five ten or more, is not obese, not married, not gay, and you ask them, well, what percentage of the population is that? They're like, oh, like 40 or 50 percent. It's point four percent really it is so you can uh, you could jump on that app and you can give like you know a specific you could put in all these different figures it's called the uh calculator the oh i can't remember the name of it i should have pulled it up before we got on here it's okay. We'll drop <laughs> it on the show notes. In, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can put in all these. You can put in all these things that you want in a guy, and it'll say mm -hmm. what percentage of the population that is. And inevitably, if you put these criteria that women want, mm -hmm. it's an a, a fraction of the population. But you're talking to a woman who's like five foot three and 170 pounds, and she's like, "No, I deserve it. I deserve it. really. Wow, how?" Why do you deserve that? Why do you, are you in top 0.5% of women? Right. And they'll um, almost, almost all the time, they're going to say, yes, they're completely diluted, completely diluted. Yeah. And, and this is not to say that, you know, that, that people are, are not the same kind of status should not be together or whatever, but coming to that conversation with such entitlement, right? That is kind of just shocking to me. Um, are you a consumer or did you hear about Kevin Samuels? Yes. Yeah, this was, yeah. he had, you know, RIP to him, but he had these conversations on his YouTube channel. I, I encourage you guys to check it out where he would interview women um, and like what they want in a man. And they would be, they would say like, yes, over six feet, you know, six figures, income, uh, no baby mamas and, um, you know, handsome fit. And then, yep. and then he would be like, okay, so first of all, where would you rate, how would you rate yourself? And a lot of women right. say I'm a 10 and, yep. and he would just be so shocked and he would not hold back. And he would say, what you're like overweight, 
you have like three baby daddies, you know, things right. like that. It's it's crazy. Where do you think this 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 um misalignment of expectation is coming from? Is it through like media, social media? It's a mixture of social media and cultural conditioning because we tell young girls nowadays that they don't have to bring anything to the table. You're enough. You're a queen. You're 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 all that. You're not. You've got to work at this. You know, and they don't another thing is that women absolutely do not understand what men are looking for in a relationship. If you ask a woman what she brings to the table, if it's well, I bring me they're going to start listing their accomplishments. I have my own career. I make my own money. I own a house. Who gives a shit? Those are not things. Those are not qualities that men find attractive. If you find attractive to you in a feminine sense and, and she brings that other stuff to the table, cool, it's a bonus. Mm. But men are looking for that. Men are looking for peace. Mm -hmm. They are looking for support. Mm -hmm. appreciation right look, respect respect yes and that's what it boils down to because i don't care if a woman is a millionaire i don't right. care if she can provide me a whatever lifestyle if i don't have peace when i come home right she can, she can walk i don't care none of that stuff means anything to me and women seem to think that that's you know they're naming off everything that a man should name off right they're right confused. Right. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. And um, the funny thing is like, they, they feel like they bring a lot to the table, but it's like, it's the wrong things. It's, um, yeah. he's not looking for a business coach. He's not looking for a fucking loan for his business. He doesn't need your no. money. He doesn't need right. your LinkedIn. <laughs> No, uh, I I actually had a viral post uh, a while ago where a lot of feminists attacked me. Um, I went on my Facebook and I said um, something like, he doesn't care about your achievements. You don't have to shove it down his throat every day. He doesn't care about your LinkedIn. Um, it's good that you built a business for yourself, but he doesn't care about that. And I got attacked by so many women and, and there were women saying that, you know, you're uh, you're a gold digger, blah, 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 obviously without knowing what I did. But what I was trying to say is that what men look for in a partner is not what they are trying to achieve personally. And um, an ambition is attractive and hard work is attractive for sure. Work ethic. Mm -hmm. But like 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 what we discussed, it's like that's not what he looks for in his home. He has that at work when he comes home. Right looking for something else you know <laughs> we want peace we want appreciation we want support and you know when when you start talking to like the women like the one you mentioned they are so tone deaf and they think they know all men are wrong in what they want and they know better right you know, and when you start to argue with them or you start to say hey look no you're you're completely off base their immediate thing is well you just can't handle a woman like me right yeah exactly i don't want to have to handle anything yeah, I don't want to have to handle anything. When we go out the house, we are fighting tooth and nail to to strive and go forward and to provide for our woman and our family. And and it's it's tough being a man. We have to go out there and fight battles all day long, mm -hmm. and we have to do it alone. And when we come home, the last thing we want to do is fight another battle. Right, I'd right. 
I'd rather be alone. Some yeah. No, no. <laughs> I don't yeah. Care what money you got? What career? I don't care. Yeah, I think the other side to this also is there is a there is also kind of a misaligned perspective on feminine um, traits like being tender, you know, uh, even these quote-unquote tasks such as cooking and cleaning, right? They say right. a lot of women are against um, that and they, they would say stuff like, I can always hire or or he, he can always um, hire a maid or if he's looking for a maid, then I'm not here for that or something like that. But it's actually not the cooking and cleaning per se. It is like the nurturing aspect of uh, of feminine energy. And personally, I... I had an internal battle about this before when I was like, when I felt like I was too good for this. But as I went through my journey, I actually realized that it doesn't feel like work if you actually care about the man, because you are driven by your desire to provide peace and order in the home for him and whatever that means for him, right? It doesn't mean you have to cook mm -hmm. and clean. You can order stuff on DoorDash, or you can just make the bed. It doesn't mean that you have to like suffer. Um, and, and this is not also a thankless job. Uh, I think that women thinking that these tasks in the home are kind of less than as the tasks mm -hmm. that they do in their business. I think that's also a way to, uh, I, I also a perspective that a lot of women should, should think about if they actually devote themselves to a man, these things actually naturally come out and it doesn't make you less of a boss babe. If you know, no. <laughs> if you want to think about anything, that. it makes you stronger. Cause you don't, you're not threatened by it internally. And yeah. with, with these same women, if the tables were turned and mm -hmm. playing in bed and somebody kicks in the door and starts to uh, assault her. And then I was like, no, that's not my place. You can go hire a bodyguard. You think that shit was fly? <laughs> yeah exactly exactly just double standards right or like opening the doors and carrying your things and like um i think a wonderfully devoted partnership is like people don't even mention these things they just get done right they just right. get done um right you're not keeping score in the relationship exactly. you just know your roles and i love doing those things mm. if i have a woman in my life i love opening doors car right. doors, regular doors. I love being the leader. I love right. you know, providing guidance and doing these lifting things for her. You know, like men like to feel useful and they like to feel appreciated. And it's a two-way street. Women like to feel appreciated and, and you know, a truly confident man who's comfortable in his masculinity is going to make sure that she knows she's appreciated for doing those things like cooking right. and things like that. Right. Yeah, it's no, empower absolutely. each other. Absolutely. And and it's crazy because these things are so simple. It's just mutual respect, mutual appreciation. You don't need to read 5,000 books about love languages and what other books there are. Um, it's it's funny how we've veered away from our nature. Um, what is your opinion on, on people saying that passport bros purposely go to lesser income countries because they they want to like exploit women for their economic um, disadvantage. Okay, I have a feeling that a lot <laughs> of your questions are gonna be geared like this. So I'm gonna <laughs> ask you to keep track of a trend. No yes, yes. 
feminazi, no extreme feminist, no angry Western woman. Mm. And say, if so many men really feel this way, I wonder if we're doing something wrong. Maybe we should right. kind of self-examine. No, they I point out, <laughs> oh, oh, they're taking advantage of them economically or, oh, they, they must have a fetish. Like maybe oh. I have a fetish for women who are not argumentative, maybe a fetish for women who bring peace into my life and appreciation. <laughs> that should be an e you know? business. I have a fetish for peace. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fetish for peace in my household. If I have to come home and I've got to, no, oh, I'd rather be alone. I am 100% comfortable being by myself. Yeah. So yeah. to answer your question, mm. do some guys like, that's a, that's a weird question to answer because I think there's a lot of different layers to it. I don't right. think that exploit, obviously terms like exploit have a very negative connotation. Right. When you move overseas and you know, if, for example, if I move to the Philippines, huh. making the money that I do in the States, I can live a very good life. <laughs> that's not a bad thing. I mean, fortunately, I can live good in the US. I can live good wherever. So if I go some ways, I don't know how I would exploit them. If I find a woman that I vibe with and I have great chemistry and we match and I hide her a good life, whether it's there or in the States, is that exploitation? Right. Is yeah, that, you're I not mean, hurting anyone. No. Certainly yeah. not hurting her, not hurting me. If I'm if I'm finding what I want and you know, like it, the the flip side of that thing is too, is like the minute you know, when I say that, the first thing out of these feminazis' mouth is, be, "Well, she's a gold digger." Right. Yeah. When <laughs> again, it's always like pointing fingers, pointing fingers, pointing fingers. Something must be wrong with everything else, not them. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it's are are there bad apples? Sure. I'm sure you see in the Philippines. Um, I've got a lot of friends there, mm. and there are girls who target, kind of, you know, the the guys who are got money and. Not maybe that good looking because they know that if they're good looking, he's going to be like, wow, I'm spending a bunch of money on him. And that happens. It would be stupid to say it doesn't. It happens yeah. here. It happens everywhere. But that's discounting, again, the possibility of true connection. Right. Yeah. Um, who was that model? Anna Nicole Smith, I think who had mm -hmm. uh, a really old husband, right? And everyone was yeah. telling her, you're a gold digger, all of these things. But the people close to them actually said that their partnership was real and they truly loved each other. And um, and it's it's sad for these people to just assume certain things out of simple economic, uh, you know, um, difference. Like uh, right. I, I'm Filipino, I grew up in the Philippines. The number of times I've been told to be a gold digger just because I was dating a Canadian guy, an American guy, an Australian guy, you know, when I was single, um, it was yeah. just, it's just all they see. It's just all they saw. Um, right. So and it's kind of pathetic to me. When you look at these women, these Western feminist women who say all this stuff, they, like I said, they're mm -hmm. always pointing the fingers. They don't realize how hypocritical they are because as with most leftist ideologies, they have to be, they have to stand on the moral high ground. That's their position always. Mm -hmm. And they don't understand, like they're saving these poor women from being exploited. They don't understand 
that anybody can look at them and say, you know what, you're pointing at these women, you're saying they're poor, they're uneducated, they can't make decisions on their own. Obviously, you know, third world, you know, isn't that a little bit racist, nationalistic, arrogant? Right, right. Because let's take you, for example, Filipina, you're a boss bitch. You've got your business, you make your money, but you're also comfortable in being in your feminine. Yeah. And well, you have a great relationship and you have fun and it's, you know, it's it's an amazing thing. But that's an idea that these Western women just cannot stomach. It's it, it would throw their whole ideology off and throw their whole narrative off and it would leave them, you know, exposed for what they really are. Yeah. And then um, the other the other thing about that is like for for some of these women, like um, it, it also fascinates me how you know one like you said there's kind of a lack of self um like checking or you know introspection like if self-awareness uh, self <laughs> yeah if if you the men in your country literally have to leave the country make arrangements to do that maybe find a remote job just to find a partner there must be something wrong it's like there must be something wrong, right? Like, what do we need to yeah. fix? What what can what can be done? But aside from that, it's it's also like they they it's fascinating how these women are not even blinking an eye on try, like insulting women of other cultures, insulting the men that leave their country, insulting even the families of these people. And then what what do they they have no gain? They have no gain from it. Like, there's also no incentive for them. So it really makes me wonder, like, why do they even, why do they stay angry and, and have that? And in that journey, what kind of partner do they think are they attracting, right? Like, it's weird. Yeah, there is. And if you look at them, they're either mm -hmm. alone mm -hmm. or they're in a un lifeless marriage with some beta male that they can just <laughs> dominate and step all over and he's given up on life and he's laying there fat and weak and uninspired with life and of course they have no respect for him but that's the only kind of guys because a guy like me is not going to give them the time of day yeah and quite frankly this is where i'm gonna get some haters but quite frankly i am the stereotype of everything that they despise <laughs> I am. My my very existence <laughs> pisses these women off because I am tall, good looking, educated, intelligent. I am well traveled. I have my own business. And more than all of that combined, I am comfortable and confident in my own skin and my own masculinity. And that drives them batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely yeah. drives them back. But on a deeper level, you know what's even more funny than that? When they're laying there next to that fat, weak, ineffective beta male that they have in their life or alone, and they're alone with their thoughts at night, kind of guy they would really have, really want to have laying next to them so that they could relax and actually be a woman. Yeah. I think that, I think that. When I, because I'm in business, I am, I, I love, I love my business. It gives me purpose. Also it, you know, I, I feel like I'm honoring my parents by becoming successful in my business. Actually, that's my main driver for why I work hard. I want to honor my parents' hard work, 
But when I'm done, I just want to relax and, you know, be taken care of by my man. And then, and, and that balance for me personally feels good. And that's why I, I feel very lucky to grow up where I grew up, you know, in Southeast Asia. Obviously, Asians have a reputation for being for loving achievement, right? The sense of achievement. So you've seen many jokes about this. You've seen, um, you know, stereotypes of Asian kids being overachievers and we love that. Yeah. But at the same time, there's also a very, very high encouragement for women in, in Southeast Asian countries to, to honor the man as a leader of the household and to be uh, to be a, a very good kind of teammate and, and a partner. In fact, my mom told me, my mom told me, start a business so you can have the freedom to move wherever your man has to move for his career and for his growth. And, and you have to be there for him. And I thought, wow, that was such a great, such a great advice. Because when I started yeah. dating, I had the freedom. And I told, I told my man, even, you know, my husband right now, I told him, whatever you need to do, you know, I'm with you. I have my business, so I'll, I'll support you, you know, and Right. It was such a, it was such a, I, I feel very, very privileged to, to grow up with that kind of mindset. Yeah. And, and the fact that you are a very feminine woman and you're in your feminine energy and you do those things, does that make you any less effective at running your business? Actually, no, it, it actually makes me more effective because, um, Feminine and masculine energies are also very alive in the workplace, right? Um, I actually shared that I actually shared in another podcast episode that uh, I, I do a lot of sales work and I think sales and marketing could could be very masculine sometimes. But I adjust, but if you know, if you know um, the difference between men, uh, male and male and female kind of energy, you can adjust the way that you sell to men and women and it actually makes you more effective um, in terms of, yes. you know, framing and all that. I, I feel like these things should be celebrated and should be emphasized. And um, I'm more creative now that I'm more relaxed. I'm more creative. I'm more rested. I'm a better leader because I'm calm and, and playful. And uh, honestly, before... Uh, I was very masculinized. I was hardened by my business. I was like a mm -hmm. boss babe. You know, I, I was, yeah, I, I would say I'm a, what do they call that? A recovering <laughs> feminist or something? <laughs> you might be, you might be. Former feminist <laughs> Some sort anonymous. Of AA for feminine. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And right. then, and then when I broke up with my last, um, uh, boyfriend, a uh, long-term boyfriend. He was super alpha, super alpha male. I actually realized when I started dating again that I'm super masculinized because, and I couldn't see it when I was with him because he was very, very, very masculine. He had like right. sleeve tattoos. He talked very rash, you know, like he was very masculine. He was such a leader, but a little bit too much, you know, but I, it made me right. forget that I wasn't feminine. When I started dating again, I started realizing oh my gosh i'm hyper vigilant i i talk over men i correct them without listening to them i always assume the worst of them um mm -hmm. and i thought that is not like that's tiring <laughs> that's exhausting yes. it goes against your true nature as a woman 
Yeah. And then, so I actually started to buy courses, buy books, and I changed my wardrobe. I know this sounds shallow, but I, you know, everyone's on their own journey. I literally, Steve, I literally went out and bought like 10 skirts and 10 flowery outfits and I started wearing my hair differently just to really get my head in the game you know yeah and then I started talking less I started listening more I started smiling more and I thought oh my god this is so nice I don't need therapy <laughs> yeah but you're you know what what's beautiful about that story and that part of your journey is that you're self-aware you're not blind to what's going on around you, you can actually look and say hey you know what I might be off track here and yeah. that is a very, very powerful trait in anybody, not just women realizing that they right. don't have to be masculine, but it just in life, you know, to be like, okay, you know what? I've got some work to do on myself. This is, this is where I'm off track. I need to kind of fix that. I need to figure out how to get on a different direction or whatever. That's very, very powerful. It kind of goes into the whole personal development and, and maximizing our human experience. Right. How, um, I, th I know that in America, there's also a rising movement of like traditional wife, trad wife. I had some of my friends jokingly um, comment on my post, you've been red pilled. And I, I, I don't really, <laughs> I, I, I didn't understand what that meant. Um, in your opinion, um, are these movements, what can these movements do to kind of bring back the um, families or more, you know, to be led to be more, you know, traditionally and for Western women to kind of come back to their nature as, you know, being more feminine and, and, and hence ending up as, you know, more attractive to the men around them. Man, there a lot of different layers to that question too. <laughs> um, because it's, it's part of the narrative that's being forced on. It's part of the bigger agenda. So that's why they're pushing it so hard in schools. And that's why they're, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> that's why the, you know, the, the media and everybody else is on board. Education is one of the biggest things and to help people understand what's going on so they can make a shift. You know, when you start looking at the numbers, they're absolutely scary. When you look at the, the justice system, like I mentioned before, in divorces, women are most likely going to get custody of the kids. They are most likely going to get alimony. They're most likely going to get child support. So there's no incentive for them to stay. And as a matter of fact, they're financially incentivized to leave the relationship. Mm. Now, you combine that and you start looking at the, at the uh, statistics for children, particularly males, raised in single mother households. Over 80% of the prison system was raised, prisoners in the prison system was raised by a single mother household. Mm -hmm. Almost 80% of suicides, mental illness, mm -hmm. men who commit rape, sexual assault, just the laundry list goes on and it's all in the 70s, 80s and 90% mm -hmm. were raised in single mother households. So why is the whole system designed to push children into single mother households? And an interesting Addition to that is if you look at the statistics for children raised in single father households, almost identical to those raised in two-parent households. So it is specifically single mother households. 
that are creating these dysfunctional children who grow Very up to be problem men. <laughs> these are the men overwhelming the numbers. I mean, there's no questioning the numbers. You, you cannot skew the statistics. Right. They're the men who are doing all of this stuff. They're the ones who are committing the rapes. They're the ones who are committing the sexual assaults. They're the ones who are committing the murders, the violent crimes, the harassment. So <clears throat> if we know that's a fact, and we also know the system is incentivizing women to leave, so what would be the bigger goal? Mm. That's getting a little bit deeper, but yeah. it's it's one of those things, like you mentioned it too, women in other cultures, especially Southeast Asia, I'm here, you're from the Philippines, we'll talk about it. They are, <clears throat> excuse me, they are trained, conditioned, whatever you want to call it, from a very young age, that if you get married, you stay married. Right. Yeah. Whereas There's no divorce women, in the Philippines. No. No. And if you get women who are raised like that, so if you commit to a man and you commit to a family, you are going to stay there and you're going to make it work. That's a whole different mentality than the woman who was raised throughout grade school in the U.S. and told, oh, if you don't like it, just can do better you can do better than that sister you're good you're a queen you know that's a whole different mentality <laughs> right because yeah. they are not being taught to stay and the numbers show it too again 90 percent of divorces are initiated by college educated women yeah that's very interesting it, it's a deeper conversation than just hey, we need to kind of tweak this or tweak that because there's right. a lot of things that are working toward this and promoting this, you know, and then you start, you know, this whole, it's a complete assault on the truth and you start talking and we weren't going to get into this because I don't want to get your show canceled. But when you start <laughs> looking at, oh yeah, men can have babies, bullshit. This is basic biology. Right. Men are not women, women are not men, you know, but, and what confuses me is, Women are so concerned about women's empowerment, but they're the ones cheering on dudes who are kicking their ass in female sports. Mm -hmm. So yeah. a lot of women in the West need to get their head out of their ass. That's that's the bottom line. I know it's it's actually so weird. And I remember when Caitlyn Jenner was like <laughs> woman of the year. That was the biggest joke. And it was like her, her first, first year, year as, as a, a woman. woman. <laughs> Oh God! All you bitches. Isn't that an insult to all women? Like, um, yet it was women who were cheering for him. So weird. I really don't understand. Um, and I, I think I, I, I definitely agree with you that there are certain entities in society that benefit from you know families not being together, um, single people staying single because. Um, one of the things that made me thought was my friend told me a while ago, he was like, there's, I think there's a movement of people just being single and lonely because a lot of um, people make money from, from that, right? Like OnlyFans, social media, there's uh, all of this money comes from, most of this money comes from like loneliness. Like OnlyFans is now, what, um, a $4 billion? I forgot, but the, the CEO and founder of OnlyFans paid himself over 500 million dollars i think last year in salary or in draws and that's a he lot of money 1.3 million dollars per day per month per day oh yeah so per day 
Yeah. And I, I think that, that, that business, it thrives off of lonely people, you know, and, and if there are single people, then there's more houses, there's more rent income, there's more like it, when you start kind of seeing these things, there are certain entities that make money from families not being together, um, you know, people hating each other and, and men and women specifically hating each other. Mm -hmm. So um, instead of having like a harmonious relationship. So uh, unfortunately in in other areas of the world, this is not the case, right? right? Families are still being celebrated, being together, you know, huge family gatherings every Christmas and it's just so, so warm and nice. Um, if, if someone's listening right now who is thinking of like leaving America or UK, Canada, wherever they are and kind of want to start their journey, what would kind of be your tips for them? Um, you know, if they're curious, what are women like in other countries? Like, what would be your tips for them? Well, I'm going to say this just off the bat. The average guy in the in the U.S. has a very lonely life. Mm. Because you get the average Joe who's busting his ass nine to five or working his construction job or working whatever. That's not considered sexy. Mm -hmm. and you take that guy who's working at Home Depot or whatever, he doesn't have a whole bunch of women in his DM. Nobody's contacting him. He can't get women to look at him. And we're talking about good, solid guys who would protect and provide, and women don't want to look at them. Again, because women have been conditioned, like, oh, you're all that and a bag of chips, they're all <laughs> shooting for the top 0.5%, 0.1%, when there are four or five on the scale. And another interesting study that shows, and this is another reason why so many men are either incels, like involuntary celibate, or are just given up on dating, period, mm. is studies have shown again and again over the last couple of years that women would rather be in rotation with a top 10% guy than be loyal and with one like average guy, mm. which is kind of pathetic. So the reason I bring that up, if you're a solid dude and you're tired of this stuff, first would be advice would be, you know, if you want a traditional woman, you better be able to come to the table with the attributes and be a traditional man. Be somebody who deserves mm -hmm. that traditional woman. Okay. That's first and foremost. So if you create yourself into that type of man, there's a lot of ways nowadays where you can get remote jobs, mm. lots of different things you can do. There are dating sites and dating consultants who help connect men with women overseas. Mm -hmm. and you know there there are options out there and what i would say is to travel get out there you know experience right. different cultures that's another thing that bothers me about these these western women pissing on these on these foreign women like like they they talk about them like they're absolutely nothing and most 
unfortunately, most women in the in the in the U.S. haven't even left the country. Hmm. Whereas, yeah, what's I the mean, statistic? Like sixty percent of Americans don't even have passports or something like that. Yeah, it's something ridiculous. But yeah. they'll more they'll they'd be more than happy to shit on everybody outside their country. I mean, you haven't left the country. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. And like, I'm out here, and I meet Thailand, Mexico, Vietnam. Uh, you know, I was in Abu Dhabi. I was in Spain, and such an enormous amount of these women least bilingual mm. whereas you are hard pressed to find a single american woman that can they barely speak english let's be honest <laughs> much oh, less no. two languages I, I mean i dated a i dated a woman from germany she spoke six languages fluently she could do business in six languages damn yeah wow you know and you know and she also modeled she was beautiful her family was wealthy and I'm sure that these American women would be happy to shit on her because she dated me and I'm a passport bro. Right. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, and the, even the girl that I'm talking to right now, I may move back to Mexico. And like you said, if you mm -hmm. have your own business, you're mobile, you can move to wherever you want to go. And the girl I'm talking to in Mexico and will probably, I'd say, chance of very... She's mm -hmm. fluent in two languages. Mm -hmm. She owns her own house free and clear. She has a kick-ass job. She's financially secure. She doesn't need me. She's not right. gold digging anything. But she likes the fact that when we're together, she can relax. She's right. got to be a boss at work. And right. she can be a woman with me. Because she knows I'm going to handle it. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and I think that that kind of attraction, like people still... People forget that it's funny because like when 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 women start talking like that in statistics, you know, oh, this job, this height, this weight, this um age, um, it's like it it dilutes what makes a partnership and what makes people attracted to each other, right? Like mm -hmm. it's it forgets why 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 people have that spark, why people have chemistry. And and right. if you always think like that, like this is not a, a job interview, you know, um, it's a you're looking for a partner. You're looking for someone to vibe with, someone to share life mm -hmm. with, someone that you trust and all that. So I think that's also talking like that even I think makes them in the game of, you know, reducing everything to to a number or, you know, your, right. your credit score or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Like you said, these are these are bonuses, but the the male and female attraction doesn't really uh, focus on that or work that way. So, um, especially with women, especially yeah. with, and I'll, uh, here like here's an interesting thought experiment. You may even you're very aware, you're very enlightened, you're self aware, you're conscious. If you met a guy, attractive, nice. Pretty good chemistry, but he he was a janitor at Starbucks making five bucks an hour. Would you date him? Date? I probably will. Still, he has good. Um, um, if I can, if he's like funny and you know, um, it, it wouldn't be a good kind of lifetime partner. But I did date a guy who was making way below what I was making 
probably like one tenth. Um, and it was a crazy experience because I kept asking myself, why am I so attracted to this guy? Right. Because you know? there's part of you is telling you, why am I with this guy? Yeah. Like uh, when I look at the, you know, on paper, like we're not a good match. Why am I so attracted to this guy? I actually realized that he was such a good leader. Even though he made way less than what I made, he actually really worked hard to not make me pay for stuff. Um, he always opened the doors for me. He always complimented me. He bought me flowers. Um, and I realized that even though it was a short relationship, you know, we only went out for three months, it really made me think a lot on, on what men and women find in each other. And at the same time, he wasn't intimidated with how much I made and, um, and, uh, and, and things like that. And, and we also had like an age difference. Uh, I think I was 11 years older than him or something. Wow. Cougar but, style. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, and, and so that's why I'm saying like on paper, it was a, it was such a weird relationship. Obviously, if I was looking from the outside and giving myself advice, I'd be like, girl, what are you doing? But I, I really, you know, uh, it was a point of reflection for me. And I realized that he had a lot of really masculine qualities that made me, you know, stay attracted to such a short uh, time. All right. So that's an honest answer. Yeah. If you ask that yeah. question other women, what do you think their answer would be? Absolutely no. They'd be like, right. yeah, I, I'm worth more. Or they, they'll say right. something like, I didn't go to school to bed a $15 an hour guy. I don't want to suck right. dick in a place. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so now look at the other way. Guys, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I I I see a girl that we have great chemistry. She's hot. She's funny. She's supportive. She's feminine. She's working at In and Out Burger. I don't give a shit. Like right. bring a double double when you come home. Like <laughs> bonus. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And you know, what my friends would say, be like, dude, she's hot. Is she cool? Yeah, yeah, she's cool. She can hang out. She'd be like, awesome. There wouldn't be like nobody judging me. Like, man, you deserve right. better than that. No, right. But, like because we don't care about the money we care yeah. about looks we care about peace we care about appreciation respect yeah. the things that guys want it's not about status it's not about money it's not about anything and because women are hired wired to want somebody to provide and protect and that's okay yeah that's yeah okay. that's not yeah. a bad thing but it, it it's very it shows the difference I between think, men and women i think also Women should actually even use that as a as a as a filter. If you're already making money and you're you know an independent woman, I mean obviously you can you love your life and you have these things going for you, then you can just use that as a filter. As in like, how is his masculine leadership? How is he trustworthy? Right? Is he a man of honor? Like instead instead of looking at the numbers, you focus on how you feel. Uh, I what I noticed is that my my husband's like male friends, what they usually ask each other when they're hearing about a guy friend dating a girl is, does she treat you well? Actually, that's that's the main thing that they ask. Obviously, they don't yeah. ask, does she do? Is she, you know, how much does she make? They don't even ask about her weight, actually. They don't even ask, you know, um, they would ask stuff like she hot, like, you know, things like that. Yeah. But, you know, they... The, well, like the, the first the two most things important. that 
<laughs> yeah. The first two things that came out of my mouth when I was describing that hypothetical scenario with the girl at in out, my friends would be like, yeah, she, wow, she's hot. Is she good to you? Is she nice? Like, yeah, she's right. Cool. Right. That yeah. That's the what they asked. It. Yeah. That's it. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's so simple. No. Women have so <laughs> Women have that so Western women have that so fucked up. They think guys want all this other stuff. Like you need to pay attention. If you want to know what guys want, ask guys. Don't pretend yes. to know more than better than what we do. Yeah. I, I have a, a funny exploratory question for you. Uh, do you think there is a business opportunity here? <laughs> if you are going yes. to yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you want to brainstorm? <laughs> We, would be we, could, we could have that conversation. Yes, we could have that conversation. I actually, I actually, it was funny because um, my husband always views that, you know, when he was learning about my culture, you know, Filipinos, my husband always watches videos about Filipinos, Philippines. Uh, he goes on YouTube and of course he would find these funny content. And we actually found uh, a, a website, a dating website in the Philippines that focused on uh, finding like Filipino wives and they would um, they would process or coordinate like the travel for these, I think American men, yeah, mostly American men. And it was so funny because there was literally, I'm not kidding, a room, like a hundred girls. And there was like six guys or 10 guys. And then there were tables, round tables, 10, 10 girls each. And then the guys like, like speed dated or, or went, on these tables to get to know the girls, but like 10 at a time, it was pretty mm -hmm. funny, but, but good on that company. <laughs> Thinking yeah, of that. no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. No, there is absolutely some, uh, now can I ask you a question on a technical, did my video go out for you? Um, yeah, it kind of, uh, froze, but, um, yeah. Uh, but my podcast is uh, it's audio only. I was all actually planning to put this on YouTube, but, well, I'll tell you what, if you want, we can redo it on my video software and kind of basically replay the whole thing. And we get on video. I'll just send you the files. You can do what you want with them. Yeah. Okay. If that. uh, that's fine. Yeah. We can do yeah. that. Whatever. Yeah. Because I, I didn't know and I didn't want to bring it up. But now we're kind of at the end. So I figured I'd ask because I, I, I showed myself frozen and then it just went black. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh that's, that's good. That's all good. Um, yeah. So what would you, what would you, um, what do you think is a is a is a funny or playful kind of business idea for the passport pro movement? I'm gonna noodle on that because I think there's a couple <laughs> different ways to approach it. I, but I yeah. honestly think that because there are there are successful men or you know at least semi successful. Uh -huh. Depends what you depends on what you uh, consider. Well, yeah, consider successful. But you get guys who are, you know, making 80, 90,000, 110,000 or whatever. And they, you know, especially if they work in the trades or something like that, it is very difficult for them true. to get dates and they have money. Uh -huh. I, like, I know a, a guy that, uh, a neighbor kid. So he's, I think he's a year or two older than me. And, you know, construction guy, framer, really good at what he did, just couldn't meet anybody. And uh, I don't know how he met this girl, but she was from Thailand. Uh -huh. And 
know, she came over in a nursing program. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Nursing is probably Filipino, but <laughs> um, <laughs> either way, either way, he met this girl and they fell in love, got married, had a couple of kids, mm -hmm. but they have an amazing relationship. She values the shit out of the fact that he's a good dad and works his ass off right, right, and is committed to her and devoted to her. And he just appreciates her for not being a bitch. Right. So it's, 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 I think there is a definite, a definite business opportunity there because there are guys who are starved for quality women and they're not getting anybody that's going to pay attention to them in the States. You know, I grew up in a small town. I grew on a farm. I grew up on a farm mm -hmm. and I know, I know a lot of these guys, blue collar guys. And, you know, a lot of them just have trouble. There's not a lot of, um, in small town, Minnesota, for example, where I'm from, there's a couple of municipal liquor stores and bars that people hang out at. So your, your choices are slim. Mm -hmm. And I, I think if you could find an effective way to interface, like say that particular demographic, because that's another thing. These, with you know who Mike Rowe is? No. He uh, he's a host of like Dirty Jobs on A and E or something like that. But he he really just kind of digs into the blue collar jobs and stuff like that. But mm. you know, women don't want that they want the youtube stars they want the they want the you know the business owners like they right. everybody is shitting on the blue collar guys and mm. well first of all they're the guys that keep our country running right everything's going to fall apart in less than 24 hours if those guys weren't there they're the ones busting their ass and they're not appreciated and if we can find a way to introduce that demographic to women who would appreciate a guy who works his ass off and wants a family and is willing to, you know, be a good guy. I think there's opportunity. Now I'm going to put one caveat on that. Mm -hmm. that. That caveat is that I also know a guy who went that route. Somehow he mm -hmm. met a girl in and, uh, you know, she, you know, by the time it was all said and done, she pretty much took him for everything. Had him send him money to her family and then, okay, we're going to build a house over there. And he sent him, you know, half his paycheck or whatever over a month. And uh, they keep sending him pictures like, okay, a house is coming along. There was no house being built. They were taking pictures of some random construction. Like oh, there gosh. Was, they were just, they were just draining this poor guy for his money. Oh, no. So there has to be a way to I know Asian cultures are all about supporting the family. You marry an Asian girl, yeah. you're marrying her family. I, I know yeah. that. I've dated I've dated enough of them. <laughs> um, you got to accept that. That's the part and parcel. But yeah, vetting process to make sure that the girls are not going to you know pull stuff like that because there are some amazing women out there, but there are also women who would see an opportunity to rake over some desperate guy with American money, you know? Yeah. So. I've, I've definitely seen that happen before. And it, it, it makes me sad because um, it also hurts the reputation, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
the uh, of the country of you know that that kind of um, nationality. Uh, I think that these websites should do better, I guess, on giving advice. And um, and of course, I think that the you know due diligence should be done. Like for me personally, you shouldn't send money if you've never even met this person. Um, it's that's just very weird for me to think about. <laughs> well, he had met her. She had moved to the states, and then just oh, I see, all I see. his money overseas. Oh, oh no, oh that's sad. and then you know her her family was sending pictures of <clears throat> and I'm wearing this I'm using construction, yeah, right. Um, and then finally, when he went over there and realized, okay, that, yeah, there's no house, there's no nothing. He's been sending the majority of his paycheck over there. He doesn't have a retirement home. He doesn't have shit. Oh over there gosh. Oh, oh, that was gonna be a retirement home. Oh no, that's very sad. <laughs> Yeah, like that was his whole thing. He was going to work till he got his pension and then right. sell his house there, move to the Philippines, hang out with her and her family and in the house that they built. And yeah, there was no house. Oh, gosh, that's very sad. Uh, well, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's, you know, there's things like that happen. There's scammers everywhere. <laughs> Good and bad, yeah, bad yeah, people and everywhere. 100%. So, but the reason I brought that up is just because if there's some way we could vet mm -hmm. The girls that came into the program, I don't know what that would look like, mm -hmm. but I don't know. Can you do background checks in the Philippines? You're the Filipina here. You tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can do background checks. You can do, um, there's like an NBI clearance, which is like the equivalent of like an FBI clearance. If you didn't, they didn't have any, you know, crimes or any bad records. Um, I think there's also a way to do some sort of a credit check. And I think if you, I think just in general, if you get married um, in another country or to another nationality, you should definitely talk to a lawyer over there and kind of clarify, you know, what the laws are, what you need to look forward to, or I mean, watch out for, you know, um, not, you don't, you can just find a lawyer by yourself, maybe not a lawyer that your your spouse has recommended. <laughs> you can do your own research, right? right? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm especially if you guys are like, you have money, you know. Um, I think you, you, you have savings, and and this is not just for you. This is for your children, your grandchildren. This is for emergencies. You, you know, you could need money. Your mom could be in a hospital. So it's, it's just all of these things. Yeah, it's, it's doing due diligence. You know, me, I probably would have went over there and put boots on the ground right away to check it out. But you know, a lot of guys can be manipulated too. You know, like, mm. oh, what? You don't trust me? Eh, right. Of course I trust you, baby. Well, then here, we'll just let me let me send wire that over there. You know, so yeah. I, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I mean, it doesn't sour me on the idea of Filipino yeah. women. I, like, I love Filipinas. They're, they're some of the most <laughs> family oriented, nurturing, amazing women I've met, you know, but you do have to be aware mm. and there are bad people everywhere and they sniff out an opportunity. That. Yeah. And it, you can't prevent it all. But I think if there was a way, like you said, through different background checks and stuff like that, where you could weed out the obvious ones and at least make these, the women who are applying to be in the program to meet these little aware that, okay, we're watching you. <laughs> you're yeah. trying to, if you're trying to pull some stuff, we know where you are. We have your information. And if we get yeah. any reports, you know, it's just, it's the same with like VAs. Yeah. And which yeah. is a field you're. 
Yeah, you can give them your personal inform your credit card information and other things. Yeah. And you have to just trust them. Um, but yeah, as an outsourcing company, we have things in place to protect our clients from that, contracts, lawyers, and that the worst case scenario is cannot be as doesn't have to be as bad as if you're doing it alone. Um, yeah. So, you know, going to another country in general. Even if you're just traveling, you need to do your own research anyway, and you need to kind of find ways to protect yourself. Um, but at the end of the day, it's whether it's finding relationships, finding yourself, starting a new business, trying to go remote. If you go to another country to explore life bigger than what it is in your own country, I think that's the first big win. And then mm -hmm. you, right? And then you start kind of, figuring your life out as you go on these yeah. travels, become a full-fledged passport bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and there are guys who are going to do that and they're going to visit you know, a bunch of different countries and they're going to be mm -hmm. like, you know what? That was amazing, but I like, mm -hmm. I want to be in the States and find a girl here or whatever. You know, everybody's different. Yeah. Not everybody's going to love living overseas. I mean, I love it. And even I find some challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh -uh. Yeah. And there's also like, <laughs> there's still there's still like physical preference too. Like if you like blondes, um, or like a blonde if your type is really like blonde Caucasian women, you can find you can find uh more traditional uh American girls, American ladies, you know, in certain parts of the country and you can seek that out too, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, head over to Sweden, Norway, <laughs> Serbia. <laughs> you know, there's, there's... <laughs> You know, there's a lot of uh, like I have a really, really good friend of mine in mm. Phoenix and mm -hmm. Augusto, and he's uh, actually Ecuadorian by ethnicity. He was born in the U.S. Mm -hmm. on an army base, but he has just got a thing for Eastern Bloc women. His wife, she is absolutely amazing. She's from Moscow. His girl, long term girlfriend before that was from uh, uh, Siberia. Like he just loves Russian women, Russian, mm -hmm. Ukrainian, Eastern Bloc. That's his jam. <laughs> you know? so, yeah. You know, he actually hooked me up with one of her friends. She was from Ukraine. She's a mm. dermatologist and beautiful. And, and it was it was tough to get a read on her. They are definitely a different mentality. But when you expose yourself to all these different things, it's a lot easier to kind of really find out what you like instead of just, okay, I've been served pepperoni pizza my whole life. This is all I know. Like, well, try some sushi, try some, you know, something else, try some, try some steak, you know, try, you know, and you may come back to pizza. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Right. But you, you need to, you need to get out there and see what else is out there. I think that's absolute key. Like, like I, we talked about in the beginning, I'm not a, typical like i'm passport bro like i'm leaving here i'm gonna go find a wolf i went overseas and was like oh wow this is different right you know and i found out that you know there there are pros and cons are things i like about the different asian cultures things i don't like things i like about mexican culture and things i don't like but ultimately the pros for me outweigh what's available uh, yeah. Um, for those who are also listening, I would encourage you to also check out that podcast episode 
uh, entitled Why I Left My Hometown, where I talked to a Filipina expat who moved to Singapore. I think that, you know, in the topic of enriching your life with experiences by traveling to another country, um, at the end of the day, just like what Steve said, even if you go back to America and, you know, you figured things out, you saw what was out there, you you know, you've experienced life in a much bigger way. And that in itself is is a huge win. Um, as kind of a last uh, or finale thought or perspective <laughs> in, in this episode before we earn more haters, um, what, what is your best advice for uh, a passport bro in this experience so that he doesn't lose sight of what's really important um, in in trying to in trying to achieve a healthy relationship with a woman don't go overseas with the idea that these poor little women are just going to flock to you cuz you're some western god like if you can't get a quality woman in the States or you can't get women to talk to you or you're not attracted, you're probably not going to be attracted to those girls either. And they have choices. Good women are always going to have choices. So go over there, wherever you go, wherever you travel, go there with the expectations of just being open to the experience. Mm. If you meet somebody that you vibe with, awesome. But don't go over there, same arrogant sort of nationalistic racist attitude as all these women that we just talked about. Like, oh, yeah, I'm coming from the States. All these girls are just going to love me because I'm from the States. No, if you're a fat piece <laughs> of shit and you're an individual, you know, just a, a shitty individual, well, foreign girls aren't going to like you either. They're going to like you for the wrong reasons. If they do come on, you're going to be like, okay, this guy might have money. Yeah. Be a quality individual raise right. your own value be a better right. man level up yeah and you'll attract become what you want to attract yeah i love that i love that and and these people and as you're traveling you'll you'll meet different people along the way and it's not just a good partner that you'll find if you raise your value as a person, you'll find a lot of meaningful friendships along the way to, you know, friends for life, possible business partners. Right. So there's mm -hmm. a, there's a lot of, there's a lot to gain uh, in working on that. So, well, this has been a, such a great conversation, Steve, as expected. <laughs> uh, I'm happy because I think we were very tame um, <laughs> yeah, and, and considerate. Um, so uh, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Um, if you want to follow Steve's adventures, where can they find you? Where can, if someone wants to work with you, where can they find your business? Share with us. Uh, you can go the Ronanmindset.com. That's my podcast. Mm. Uh, you can search me on YouTube. Steve Didier should bring up. I've got a credit channel and I've got a personal channel podcasts and lifestyle stuff is posted on the personal. I need to crank that up a little bit. Um, uh -huh. Instagram, Steve or Didier, LinkedIn, Steve Didier, um, Facebook, Steve Didier, uh -huh. Twitter or X, Steve Didier underscore because they screwed me up. And, <laughs> uh, TikTok is also at Steve Didier. It's pretty easy to find me. 
Yeah, there you go. So uh, yeah, well, thank you so much, Steve. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Definitely follow Steve. If you have any other questions, he might be open. Um, <laughs> if you're asking for advice, then wait for wait for our consultancy business to launch. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the hate mail. Bring it on, bitches. Bring it on. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, all and right. I so... want you to come on. I want you to come from mindset again, and I want to have this conversation because I want my listeners to get a female's perspective on this so we can Ooh, kind of rehash it. Nice. You know, I think you have a very unique perspective on it being a recovering feminist <laughs> being, yes. being from another country, being mm. married to, you know, a Western guy. So there's, I think there's a lot of really unique insight that you can provide my listeners as well. So let's rehash this sometime in the future. I'm going to be moving to Thailand in a couple of days. So I'll let you know, we can reset it up sometime then. Sounds good. That works. Okay. Well, right. um, thank you so much, Steve. And thank you to all the listeners of this week for none of your business. I hope that you guys learned a lot. I know that we, the conversation was really about kind of relationships, passport bros, but I know there's also a lot of mindset shifts and even business tips that you might've picked up. So thank you so much. And definitely check out Steve's yeah. podcast, The Ronin Mindset. I'm also go going to be guesting there and yeah. he's going to be launching soon. So check yeah. that out. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Steve. Thank you everyone. And see you all next week here at None of Your Business. Okay. Bye. So it's a wrap. To my entrepreneur friends, I hope that you found this episode interesting and enjoyable. I know I did. Big thanks to our sponsor, Proximity Outsourcing, for making this possible. If you need to outsource anything in your business so you can scale fast and easy, visit ProximityOutsourcing.com and check out their solutions. If there's any topic that you want to request, feel free to reach out. I only have two conditions. You tell me why you find it interesting and you promise it's not business talk. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube and leave us a comment or review because you're cool like that. This is your host, Carla, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your interest in fun stories. Now we can get back to business. See you next week. And remember... Everything here is none of your business.